The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments, and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Barker here, your host of the New Grad Physio podcast. I want to talk about something this week that is going to be a little bit different to, I suspect, what 99% of you are are not doing during your objective assessment, and that's assessing gait, but not just assessing gait with lower limb patients, you know, patients with ankle pain, knee pain, you know, hip pain, low back pain maybe, but actually assessing gait with every single patient that you see, even the the upper upper limb ones. So patients who come in with neck pain, finger pain, wrist pain, elbow pain, shoulder pain, and I'm going to explain to you why it's so important. I'm going to use an example from one of my recent in-person course days of a physio who was on the course who would um, basically, cut, cut the long story short, was really struggling to get on top of his shoulder pain. And there was a reason for that. And we were able to use the walk assessment for his shoulder problem to start to piece together what was going on. On. So it's going to be a little different. So all I ask of you is just give it your full attention, have an open mind, see what you think, and then I'd love to hear your your thoughts. Maybe it's something you are doing. Uh, I'm just not aware of it. But again, with probably 99 of the last 100 um, therapists that I've spoken to um, outside of, of my neurophysio membership and those that I've not seen this type of content and don't understand the value of this type of content are not doing, you know, not doing this and they're not assessing gait with every single patient they see. So I always start off my objective assessment with the walk assessment. Depending upon um, where you're sort of set up, how your clinic room is, is, you might actually be able to do some of this as you're walking your patient actually into the, the clinic room or behind the curtain if you're in a um, you know that type of that type of department uh, and this is again I do this with every patient so whether it's a neck upper limb lower limb you know I'll always start with the the walk assessment and you might be thinking Andy why would you do that particularly with upper limb you know patients with neck shoulder elbow pain why would you look at walk walking and why would you look at their gait but you can pick up some really valuable really simple information from a really quick 
20 second walk assessment. So the thing I want to make clear here, I love biomechanics and I love studying movement and videoing patients and athletes running down the pitch and slowing it down and looking at certain things and doing all this this fancy uh, analysis, which can be great at times. But I'm not talking about that. And you don't need a degree, a master's degree um, in biomechanics or human movement or anything like that to be able to do this. It's a super simple skill and something I'm going to talk about now. And again, to to bring it to, to life, we were on the course a couple of weekends ago now on my Neurophysio Live. So we did, um, on Saturday was my low limb course and the Sunday was the upper limb course. And I guess to show you what I'm talking around, on the upper limb course, we were specifically looking for certain things. So what I got the, the guys to do is break them into small groups and then observe one of the, the fellow uh, therapists walking and just you know jot down what they were seeing. And we saw all kinds of different things from you know cervical spines that were slightly side flexed or rotated to one side. We saw uh, people walking that, that seemingly had poor uh, thoracic rotation, whether that was to one side, to both sides. We noticed uneven arm swings, so one arm swinging differently to the other when they were walking. We saw externally and internally rotating shoulders. We had fingers and thumbs pointing, I guess, in weird and wonderful ways, you know, different to, to from one side of the body to the other, and, and so much more. And this was just focusing on the upper, you know, the upper body. We were looking at the upper back, shoulders, and arms predominantly. And that was all the things we picked up. So um, you know, we picked up a lot of stuff from you know a really simple 20-second assessment. But one, I guess, observation really stood out. And uh, the reason I'll, I'm going to bring this to life is because we, we then actually used um, this physio, George, who was on the course, um, to actually look at a few other things. And when we watched George walk, it was, it was quite obvious that he was moving his left upper arm differently to his right when he was, when he was walking up and down the, the room. So the guys who were in his group picked it up first. And when I was sort of filtering and, and walking around the room, we, we sort of looked at a couple more things. And, Later in the day, as we went through, we used George as, a, as an example for, for a few different things. And we went through the rest of his objective assessment. And George had sort of noted and, and had reported that he'd had some ongoing left shoulder issues in the, the past, which are currently you know, on off, and but sort of affected his training a bit. He, he just couldn't really get to the bottom of, of what was going on. But this made sense with George's story because, I guess, you know, his shoulder was moving differently or it was not moving as well as maybe the other side. Um, and obviously he'd had a history of shoulder pain. So short, that, that, that first and foremost made made sense. If he was seeing a, an altered left arm swing and he had no history of anything upper limb, again, that maybe might not be as, as, as clear cut as we, we might have first thought. The long short of, again, the story with George was he actually fractured his, uh, his arm with think radius when he was three years old. Um, and we did some more tests sort of on the bed around some of his sort of um, like low threshold testing, output testing. And we're actually, we actually found he was, he was actually quite poor at coordinating the muscles in his lower arm. So obviously that would make sense. And what was happening with George as a result of that, because he wasn't able to co-contract very well and use the other arms well in the rest of his arm, his shoulder was, was ultimately overworking. Because his shoulder was painful, he was then, you know, he was adopting an altered arm swing to, namely, to protect it. 
Uh, and as a result of this, I guess, difference of this, this differing arm swing, think about when your arm swings. You need your arms to swing to 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 help you to to rotate through your thoracic spine. And because his left arm wasn't moving as well as we would like compared to his unaffected side, he wasn't getting as much thoracic rotation as he swung his affected arm. So as well as the shoulder pain, it was probably no surprise to you that George also struggled with some mid-back pain and he got tightness and, and, and got pain in, in that area of his mid-back. But certainly that would make sense because he's not moving well through his thoracic spine. His arm's not moving great. He's going to get stiff. It's likely he's going to get stiff in that area. And in George's case, it was also, you know, painful. So it wasn't just tightness and stiffness. He'd get some pain in that in that mid-back area. The walk assessment. So we did a 20-second assessment with George. And this was the first clue that there was something more going on than just a simple shoulder injury. And it, I guess this made sense. And this is probably why George, as a, as a physio, a really bright, uh, really bright guy. He he asked some awesome questions on the on the course. I hope he's listening to the podcast. Um, but yeah, really bright guy. Some really smart, really smart guy. Great physio. But he wasn't able to get on top of his shoulder symptoms because I guess we're probably looking at the wrong thing. So he was doing some great shoulder rehab, doing the you know rotator cuff stuff, some scapular stability stuff, and whilst it maybe helped, particularly in the short term. He'd not given George any major relief of his symptoms. So he'd do the exercises, he'd generally feel okay, he'd be able to get through his sort of gym sessions, etc. okay, but he'd still be aware of his shoulder. You know, the next day, one day shoulder would feel fine, the next day shoulder would be a bit sore, and there was no real pattern to, to what was going on. The exercise would help a little bit, give him some short-term relief, but then he'd be back um, sometimes with, with a vengeance. So... But this would make sense. Again, if, if George has got other issues going on away from his shoulder, then we need to obviously fix those things up um, as well. And I, I am almost certain this will probably sound like not exactly George's case and, and presentation, but I'm sure you've had patients like this yourself recently where I guess the more traditional things you might do, the more common approaches you might use in your treatments and rehab and it's not hitting the spot and they're not getting the results your patients um, want. So patients get better, you, you seemingly think you've cracked it and they'll come back the next week for their appointment and the shoulder pain's been loads worse. Um, this kind of thing is really common, like m much more common than you might expect. And An altered gait is a sign that things uh, are not moving as well as, as we'd like. So again, we see things all... This type of thing all the time with patients with upper limb problems, like neck problems, shoulder problems, upper limb, upper limb issues at the elbow, wrist, hand, fingers, all sorts of different things. So assessing gait, I, I guess I, I sort of want to get keep an open mind, but assessing gait is not just doesn't have to be just a lower limb sort of test and thing. No, you can pick up so much valuable information really, really easily by spending less than thirty seconds looking at someone walk. That is why I do it with each and every patient I see, from every injury, from from head to the toe. And I really want to make it clear that you don't have to be an expert in biomechanics. You, I you know I've got a master's degree in in sport and exercise biomechanics. It's an area that I'm really interested in. But you don't need that. I'm actually quite poor uh, at doing this, and I'll often sometimes need a little bit more than thirty seconds. If I'm being totally honest, you know, I might need to get a patient to walk. Um, 
you know, a couple more times up and down the clinic room, just if I if I think I've seen something, just to double check, and that and that's okay. But what it does give me and gives the the guys who I've taught this process to within my membership is some really simple but valuable information that that might be imperative to to that patient's you know problems. And again, it's not a, I guess going to give you a diagnosis. You're not going to diagnose someone an injury as such from just watching them walk but what it is going to show you is how the body has responded to that injury if they are offloading one side if they're like george not rotating well through their you know thoracic spine if they're not swinging their arm you know or swinging differently to their opposite side we want to start piecing this information together and we want to know why and again using george as an example we could take his subjective history and his story of this left lower limb fracture um, shoulder pain some alterations around his thoracic spine and piece it all together so when we came to actually treating george it was quite easy because we had maybe you know we had some some issues around the shoulder that that we dealt with um in regards to you know some hands-on work and some some low level rehab but a big part of what i wanted george to go away from the course doing was actually working through some of the issues away from his shoulder and that related to his thoracic spine that related to his um, his lower arm things that he'd not done previously which i would put my all the money that i've got um on the fact that they they're the things that are going to fix his his shoulder not necessarily the the shoulder rehab you know you don't need to you know this hopefully that's not come across as too complex because this certainly isn't you just need to know you know, again, you have to be an expert. You just need to know the main things that you need to look out for for a patient, say with neck pain, shoulder pain, upper limb pain, you know, thoracic pain, and the same for, for patients with lower limb problems. So you need to know what you're looking for and why it happened and being able to link it to your patient's story, ultimately their subjective assessment and the rest of their objective assessment findings. If this is something that sounds pretty interesting, um, you might be interested in coming to my special one-day event that's happening live and online at the end of this month, and I'll be covering the walk assessment in detail. So I'm holding my lower limb online course on Saturday morning, the 27th of May, 2023, 9am till 12pm noon, so that's UK time, and then an hour break, and then you can join me in the afternoon for my upper limb course again online saturday the 27th of may from 1 till 4 p.m again both of those are uk time and in on both courses i'll be showing you how to complete quickly but effectively the walk assessment for both upper limb and lower limb patients i'll show you some examples the kind of things that you need to look out for, some of the common problems you like to see with your own patients in the clinic room. And what it'll give you is an additional tool in your objective assessment toolbox to help you make better sense of your patient's injury and identify not just the site of pain and help you to, to find the right patient diagnosis, but also to help you find the source of pain because the site and source of pain are often very different. That's the real reason often patients are in pain. Like George, we're able to use the walk assessment to piece together the information to find out, yes, he's got a left shoulder issue, but the reason that left shoulder wasn't getting better was nothing actually to do with his shoulder. And the walk assessment was a big 
part of our ability um, and gave us the information we needed to be able to, to work that out. So again, and for you, regardless of whether it's a shoulder like George or something different, you know, the key to getting consistently quick and long-lasting patient results is finding both the site and source of the you know the patient's symptoms. And that's again looking at the I guess the body more as a whole rather than in isolated, you know, bits like looking at a knee or an ankle or a shoulder or a neck in, in sort of isolation, like we're taught to do largely at university. It doesn't always work for, for a lot of the patients that you'll see in real life. So I hope that has given you a bit of an insight into maybe considering um, adding the walk assessment into your everyday practice. Just on the courses, again, they are live, they are online. You can book um, each course and come to each course on its own. Uh, for just £37 or come to both courses so both the lower limb in the morning the upper limb course in the afternoon for additional £12 so just for just £49 so each course is three hours of CPD so you come to the full day that's six hours of CPD and just for clarity that's Saturday the 27th of May the lower limb course starts at 9am once to three hours and the upper limb course starts at 1pm they're both UK times and as part of your course um you know attendance you get a manual that will have all the slides all the presentation slides you'll also get a cpd certificate and you'll also have the opportunity to ask any questions live on the course during the q a and also after the course if you attend um, i'm always open to 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 fielding any additional questions that you might have so when you go jump on the course you're taking the materials, see some of the examples, you see how it all works. I appreciate then you'll want to go away into your own practice. You want to try and integrate and sometimes there can be a few, you know, I guess teething issues with that, just trying to work out how it works into your practice. And I'm, I'm more than willing always after my courses, whether that's in person or online, to field any questions to help you to be able to integrate this into real life. Because ultimately, what's the point of attending a CPD course, a webinar, an online course, whatever it may be, if you if it doesn't actually improve what you do um, in your practice, if you, if you can't apply your new knowledge um, with real patients in the real world, it's, it's certainly you know not worth your not worth your time if you can't do that. So I'm really passionate about that, and I'll do everything that I can to support you on the course and post course to help you to be able to do that. If for any reason you're listening to this podcast and it's after the 27th of May 2023 then you've missed the online course um, the, the latest live uh, edition but you can find more about other courses I might be holding um, other events I might be um, holding or more about my New Graph Physio membership where the recordings of those online courses will be housed you can do that by heading to newgraphphysio.com uh, you can find all the materials there. There's also free resources, various different things, links to my podcast, some of my blogs. And again, you can find out more about my membership and where you can get access to the online recordings. Hope it all helps. Hope that all uh, makes sense. Obviously, as always, if you do have any questions, any queries, then please reach out to, to me or the team on any of my social media channels or emails. Usually a good one for me, Andy at Physio. Com. So that's it. I'll sign off now from the podcast. As always, thanks for your time and attention. I hope you found it helpful. I hope it helps improve you as a, as a physio and ultimately helps you with your job 
in helping patients out of pain and get back to, to what it is they want to do. So thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned, and I'll speak to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, The Five Breakthrough Steps to Confidently Treat the Shoulder Right Every Time, Avoid Mistakes and Stop You Feeling Less Adequate Than Other New Grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.